Commander Scott Altman, you know him, Pekin native, yeah, NASA native, Commander, cool guy. And My- and and keeping up with the Greg and Dan show tradition, we always talk to Scott on Leap Day. Yeah, we always do. I don't know if you know that, Scott. We always talk to you on Leap Day. <laughs> Hey, buddy. How I are you? put that in my calendar. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh, man. It's always good to catch up with you. We're doing wonderful. It dawned on us last week when uh, they landed that um, and, and tipped it over on the moon, <laughs> uh, the Odie, the amount of activity around the planet from different countries, not just us, uh, in space has really uh, ticked up quite a bit over the last number of years. After maybe a period of time, at least I wasn't paying attention to it. It's your life, so I wasn't maybe watching <laughs> it as close. But it seemed like it was a little bit under the radar. Uh, and you're working on something called Artemis, and you're actually talking to Congress these days, this week even. What is Artemis? What is that all about? So in uh, Greek mythology, Artemis was actually the twin of Apollo. And so it's kind of perfect that that's the name of the program that is taking us back to the moon. But it's a little different this time because the plan is not to just go grab rocks and go, but to establish a permanent presence around the moon and on the moon and then set the stage, learning everything we need to do to set our sights on Mars. So when you say around and on, will there be permanent Fixtures, a, a, a housing, a like people. a way station. Yeah, like and, a like a yeah, yeah like a, sta- a way station is a great way of saying it. Was yeah. that what we're doing? So there's going to be a habitation, uh, basically a space station in orbit around the moon, and astronauts will fly from Earth to that station, get in the lander, and then go down to the surface of the moon, spend about a month there. Seems appropriate for the moon lunar cycle, a month right. on the surface, and then come back to the station and come home. So. We'll have the presence will be the space station that's there all the time, but it won't be permanently manned. But we'll have robotics on the surface and astronauts visiting, and we'll start to build up an infrastructure there. Um, it, it, so uh, the last couple of uh, private and, and, and NASA ventures, one didn't, they couldn't land on the moon. They had technical difficulties. This one kind of fell over. Well, but this one was a private thing. This was a private right. thing, right. right. Yeah, so it's called the... Uh, Clips for CLPS, yeah. Commercial Landing Program something. I don't know. These acronyms, you start to forget what they mean, but you know <laughs> yeah. what they mean. What they but, mean. Anyway. But, but when you look back, because Greg and I were talking about this, when we landed on the moon, they had none of this technology. They had people with slide rules trying to figure out gimlets and all that stuff. Are you? Do you look back and are amazed that with all that lack of technology compared to today that they actually did it? Well, I am, I am amazed. And one of the neat things when I was at NASA, we started to design the vehicles to do these things and take us back to the moon and do more. I spent a lot of time looking over what Apollo had done. and uh, I got to go to a museum and actually climb in an Apollo command module and sit there and look at what the crew had had and how it was arranged. And then I looked at how they manage things and what we know about entry dynamics and everything. And, man, they ran it right down the heart of the envelope. Uh, Just a very incredible achievement to do all that, like you said, with a lot less technology, a lot less computer support. Um, I mean, the computers on the Apollo command module and the the lunar entry module, the LEM, you're – your 
smartwatch has 10 times the computing power of what we had back then. <laughs> that cracks me up. Hey, uh, what is the appetite on Capitol Hill for the funding of this? How does all of that work? Do you, do you need uh, congressional funding? Well, definitely, definitely. NASA uh, lives on uh, the funding. There was a, um, I remember from the right stuff, they had a thing. Uh, no bucks, no Buck Rogers. And, uh, <laughs> this is a tough time for funding with everything going on. But sure. uh, the, the great thing about NASA is that it's pretty much bipartisan support. I mean, leading the way in space, people, it resonates with people. Uh, most folks understand why it's important for us to lead the challenge. There's a lot going on internationally now where we've established cooperation with a lot of partners through the International Space Station. But... There's another country out there that's pushing us, and that's China. Uh, there's concerns about their offensive capability in space. And it's amazing when you think about how much of our lives now depend on having satellites in orbit to provide GPS, communications, to see what's going on with the weather. Uh, so I think keeping that uh, leadership role is important for, for us internationally. What about, too, and I don't know if, if you're involved in this or they think about it, but using the moon as a launching space or research to stop any asteroid coming our way. I mean, that's still a concern, having either oh, yeah. La- yeah, lasers on the moon or, or some sort of launching area to get to an asteroid quickly. Are, is NASA part of that? There's a lot of thought going into that. Uh, one of the things they'd like to do is put up uh, observing stations on the far side of the moon because... You know, you've got the moon blocking all that light from the Earth. It gives you a better insight into looking into the depths of the universe. Uh, also, the problem with going there and launching from the moon is you speed up to get there, and then you have to slow down to stop. Uh, it's a little easier to speed up from the moon, but you need the infrastructure there to provide your rocket fuel and everything. So one of the things they want to do, they're going to the south pole of the moon where there's a crater that never sees sunlight. It's shaded enough that the bottom of the crater is in eternal darkness, and we're pretty sure there's uh, ice, water ice, at the bottom of that crater. And ice, you know, is, is made up of water, and water is made up of hydrogen and oxygen, and those are the two elements that we use in space rockets, uh, you know, combusting the hydrogen and oxygen to provide rocket fuel. So we may be able to refuel on the moon. Scott, I'm going to ask you one last. All of this is mind-boggling, and that's why I love talking to you. It just makes my imagination go crazy. But a very practical question was sent to me yesterday. Uh, He knew this gentleman knew you were going to be on, and he wanted me to ask you uh, how he argues with his friends who are flat earthers. (laughs) (laughs) I looked very hard when I was on orbit for the edge of the Earth. As we went around it, yeah. and I could never find it. Okay. So I'm pretty convinced the Earth is actually round because I went around it, and there were no—I never looked under anything. You didn't so. see under anything, not under no. under peak in our hometown or nothing. You didn't see nothing. That is funny. No. All right, uh, is there? Great. A- you know what's fun about talking to Scott? As much as space travel and all that is science, yeah. It's also creative art. You got to be a thinker. Yeah. Oh, you absolutely yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, it's a dreamer kind of thing, yeah. almost really. Scott, if we wanted to follow along uh, the path of this Artemis project, what's the best place for us to go to online? Well, you can just start with NASA.gov, and uh, you can link to everything from there. 
There also is a website for called Artemis, um, and just search on that. You'll see an awful lot of stuff. And it, there's amazing things happening, and I'm really thrilled that working for a company now, we're supporting NASA, so I get to feel like I still have my hand in it. Yeah, that's cool, man. Hey, do me a favor. Don't retire. <laughs> don't, don't, don't retire. Because you do exactly what you're supposed to be. You're on this planet uh, for this reason, and I'm glad you're doing it, man. Well, I appreciate that. It's You know, one of the most emotional things for me in flying was on my very first mission when I finally got to look down and see central Illinois underneath me and know that everything that made me who I am came from there and how much I owe to the folks of central Illinois uh, for giving me all the tools I needed to, to get there. So I uh, uh, really appreciate that. We're proud of you, man. We'll let you go. Have a great day on Capitol Hill. That's Commander Scott Altman.